This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Welcome to today's broadcast. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is currently in the book of 1 Samuel, and when we left off last time in chapter 13, Saul, his son Jonathan, and 3,000 men of Israel had successfully attacked the Philistine garrison at Geba. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he teaches from God's holy word. And at that point, it becomes the time for all the Israelites to rally. Now's the time that they have to come out of their tents. Now's the time they need to gather. They need to assemble as one man, as one person. So he sent them away to the proper time, kept a few to himself, 3,000, and now that they've had this raid upon the Philistine garrison, he has a trumpet blown throughout all of Israel. And he says, let the Hebrews hear. And we think back to our study in the book of Judges, how Ehud blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim against the Moabites. And we said that trumpet, and it's the same word used here, is shofar. It's the ram's horn. The ram's horn gave a clear sound that could be heard for a great distance. It was the trumpet used to rally the troops to the battlefield, just as they blew the trumpets when the walls of Jericho came down. It was the trumpet to assemble the army of God against the enemy. It was the greatest of the Jewish ritual instruments, the shofar, the ram's horn, the trumpet. It was the signal, the assembling of the people. And obviously when you hear about this, you, your mind jumps ahead to the book of Revelation and the trumpet sounding in the last days. And especially to the scripture that's given to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, says the Apostle Paul, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, the assembling trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, that's the rapture, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. The trumpet sounds, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the archangel, and there's the assembly of those who have died and those who are still alive that are caught up to be with the Lord, that are changed in an instant as the holy shofar sounded and we assemble to our Messiah. Let the Hebrews hear. You can see the great faith in the Lord that Saul still has. You can see the Spirit of God upon him. That now that they've taken out this garrison, now's the time to assemble. Now's the time to get victory over the Philistines who have so abused them 
and have oppressed them. And remember the Philistines themselves, their main cities are over on the uh, west side, on the, on the coastlands. Uh, the Philistines heard it, and it says in verse 4, Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And all the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. They know, the people know when they hear about this, that the Philistines, the main cities of the Philistines, have heard how their garrison has been destroyed, and that now the Israelites have become an abomination to the Philistines. And you're going to start to sense here something happening among the Israelites. It's a word that shackles us today. It's called fear. Knowing that now you can't go back anymore, now you can't compromise, you can't try to wait it out, now that the attack has been made on the garrison, the Philistines are going to come out against us, and we're an abomination to them, and the Israelites are afraid. Saul is not afraid at this point. The Spirit of God is upon him. He says, let the Hebrews hear. He feels that they've gotten the Philistines out of the heart of Palestine. They've had the victory, and now's the time to get the complete victory and get the Philistines out of the land. And he knows what God has done in the past. And he's given that trumpet call to rally them to victory. And they come together. And where do they gather together again? At Gilgal. And Gilgal, remember, is toward the Jordan River. They come to Gilgal, verse 5, Then the Philistines gather together to fight with Israel. And look what they send. 30,000 chariots. Now some manuscripts in the Septuagint say it's 3,000. Whichever, it's a large number of chariots for that area. 6,000 horsemen and people or soldiers as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. So a huge number come out. It's as though the whole nation of the Philistines empties out and marches into central Palestine. The way the Israelites were supposed to come out. As the trumpet, the shofar was blown throughout all the land, let the Hebrews hear. You have here a phenomenal confrontation that's supposed to happen. And what happens? They, they came up and encamped. They marched all the way into central Palestine and Benjamin encamped in Michmash to the east of Bethaven. And I don't know why Bethaven is mentioned here, perhaps to remind us Bethaven, we're told in Joshua chapter 7, verse 2, is right beside Ai. And maybe it's to remind us of the Israelite defeat at Ai after the victory at Jericho. But it's apparently an insurmountable force in the sight of the people when they see all these chariots, all these horsemen, all these soldiers. It's a fearful sight. And our natural eyes tend to see conditions. We tend to see circumstances. And when we see the condition and we see the circumstance facing us, we see those hills filled with the chariots and the soldiers and the horsemen, fear comes in. And it becomes very, very difficult to remember God. When you have a difficult situation, when you have a horrible demonic problem, when you have a terrible sickness, a debilitating illness, 
when you have a financial situation that looks impossible, when family problems look unsolvable, when it seems like the enemy is just about to crush us, depression is overwhelming, fear is growing. This is what they're facing in Israel. And I'm sure we face situations like that in each of our lives. And the fear comes in, overwhelming fear. The huge number of the Philistines right in the middle of Palestine, and the Hebrews are backed back at Gilgal, where they first came in to the Promised Land, back by the Jordan River. So what happens? Verse 6, when the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed. They were distressed. That's a day. When you get to that point that you're so distressed, it's dangerous. Then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. These are the people that God parted the Red Sea for, parted the Jordan River for, brought down the walls of Jericho, the most powerful city in that area at the time. But they can't remember that right now because all they see are those Philistines coming. All those cities on the coastline have emptied out and have come into central Palestine. And they're hiding in fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Verse 7, and some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. They went back over. They went back to where they started. They fled. Fear causes us to hide. Fear causes us to give up and flee. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. The people that were left that didn't hide that didn't flee, the ones that were left, they're trembling with fear. Even those that know to stay, the fear overwhelms them. And what happens is that fear is like a virus. It spreads through the people, and then finally it spreads to Saul, who starts off, let the Hebrews hear, blow the trumpet. He's expecting great things, and now all their trembling, they're fleeing their fear, now washes over onto him and affects his leadership. And remember, we're studying this for heavenly authority. We said that Saul was a warning to leaders. What happens to Saul is a warning to those in Christian leadership. It starts to affect Saul. Verse 8, he's waiting. Remember the prophecy that now carries over from the coronation to this event is when you're in Gilgal, you wait. You wait seven days. Samuel will come, offer the sacrifice, and tell them what they should do. And we know Samuel has had marvelous victories. Remember the Ebenezer stone. Verse 8, Then he, Saul, waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So he's waiting, and it comes to the seventh day. And that must have been a long seven days for Saul seeing the people frightened, seeing the armies massed for the Philistines. And the people are scattered. He can't hold them together anymore. And what happens to leaders? What happens to leaders when the people start to scatter? Do they react calmly, in patience, seeking God? Usually not. Saul starts to panic. Saul is saying to himself, how am I going to keep these people together? What am I going to do? After setting forth the shofar, now he 
doesn't know what to do. He's not peaceful enough to hear the voice of God. Samuel didn't come. He said seven days is the seventh day. Where is Samuel? What do I do? He's waited. He's almost there, but he can't wait any longer. And what does he do? It says, verse 9, So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. What do I do? i got to do something. Be careful when you're at the point that you don't know what to do. And you feel you just have to do something to make it better, to accomplish something. Because what you might do might very well be outside the will of God. Here the king has the burnt offerings brought to him. Remember, Samuel was supposed to offer the burnt offerings, and he offers them himself. He, the king, he assumes the role of a priest by making the sacrifice to seek God's blessing. We will have to break into the sermon at this point. If you would like to fellowship with the congregation of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, we would love to see you at our Sunday service. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61 in Madison. Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. And if you would like to write to us, our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. May our Lord Jesus bless you as you grow in the knowledge of Him.